Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast with Becky Ziegenfuss. We are kicking off the Christmas season a little early this year. So for the next few weeks, we will be talking about all things Christmas, from gifting ideas to stories of hope and miracles. So take in the season, enjoy the beauty, and breathe in the wonder. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast. How are you today? Hey, Becky. Thanks for having us. Doing well. Happy to be here. It is almost Christmas. Are you guys like planning, ready? What are you doing? I'm so ready. If we didn't live with Luke's parents, I would have decorated the whole house. (laughs) Oh, nice. (laughs) We actually just caught up with you guys and just put our Christmas lights up. So we're getting there. Nice. Well, let me go ahead and introduce you to our listeners. And then I want to hear a little bit more about what you all are doing um, during Christmas, because I know this is a time of transition for you. But I have with me today on the Let It Be podcast, Luke and Becca McClellan, and I'm so excited to have you guys here because you're um, adventuring on a path that a lot of people your age who are pretty newly married wouldn't be going on, um, especially during this time of the season of life in the world. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how we met and then what's on the horizon for you guys. Certainly. Thanks for having us, Becky. We are so happy to be here. Yeah. And you Uh, said this is your first podcast. This is it. Yeah. So So, pressure's on. Oh, goodness. Don't mess up. (laughs) I'm not sweating. They can't see me, right? (laughs) Perfect. Okay. I'm Luke McClellan. This is my beautiful wife, Becca. And I'm from here in Cincinnati. Spent most of my life here in Ohio, kind of working my way north. Went to Ohio State, then was working in Northwest Ohio for a couple years. Then I fell in love with a Southern girl and it's been, it's been great. And we've been kind of all over the place since we got married a little over a year and a half ago in June. Yeah. Actually just under a year and a half. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's fine. Um, yeah. So I'm Becca McClelland and I am from North Carolina. And so, yeah, (laughs) so I actually went to school in Texas and then Luke and I met in Northern California. We were both working at a Christian family ranch one summer after my freshman year. And so we met there and did the long distance thing. I was still in Waco, Texas, and Luke was in Ohio and then somehow he convinced me to come here. So we're currently (laughs) living in Cincinnati. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're living in Cincinnati right now. And then here in January or February, we will be leaving to move to Uganda for two years. Yeah, that is so exciting. That's what I want to get into. But I want to hear about how y'all met because you're, I think we have like maybe two or three couples who we're friends with who have met at a camp and then have gotten married. Yeah. It's a good place to meet. Oh, yeah. So this <laughs> story is going to be different there? based on uh, who oh, you nice. have. So <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it so you hear my version. Hey, in Proverbs, <laughs> it says the one who speaks first is the one who believe, oh, believes. Gosh, so. yeah. Or be slow to speak. I don't know. I'm going to tell it to get my version. Um, so, yeah, we met at JH Ranch, which has jokingly been called Just Hitched Ranch. Because ah, the, and there it is. Absolutely. There you have it. Yes. There, there's some good love stories, including ours, that have come from there. Um But Becca and I were actually at a marriage retreat in her hometown in Greensboro last weekend. And it was uh, the speaker was talking about what God has joined together. Let no man separate. And so I totally believe it was a God story of God Mm. bringing us together there Um, because there was one thing I did right when we met that was a little bit weird. (laughs) 
and uncharacteristic. And a little so, bit weird and so creepy. Absolutely. <laughs> so creepy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I'm just going to clear the air with this before it gets spirals out of control. Um, so we were both working in the kitchen this summer at the ranch. Um, Chef Bob was our boss. He is the man, Becca and I's spiritual mentor. And mm. uh, he kind of hitched us together. He was for us Um from the very beginning, but um, I'm in the kitchen and Chef Bob asks me to move an ice cooler around the corner from his desk. And so I go and Becca has the task of scraping um, some frozen yogurt off the It was the rotten the and it probably had been there for 10 years. Oh, it was so gross. It was bad, but it was incredible because Becca was doing it with a smile on her face. And I could not believe that. I was like, that is disgusting. Why are you smiling? So the creepy thing that I did was I was like, (laughs) can I take a picture of you? He took a picture of me. We had never met. Yeah. This was was our very first interaction. It was weird. And he just took a picture. I don't know what I thought in that moment. I, I don't know. I was like, can you just please move this chest? No, like when he asked to take a picture of me, I don't know oh. what went through my head. Like, I don't remember that, but I do remember that he asked to take a picture. And until recently, he had that picture. I know, it's I was gone just, now. Oh, it so is. It's gone now. I know, but it was, I mean, was just it like on your phone? So it was. Just deleted yeah, it? just on the iPhone. And oh, I, to this day, I don't know why I did that, but I think it was part of God saying, she's the one. She, she is the one for you. And she so absolutely weird. is. And so <laughs> that was the genesis of it. Uh, a lot of craziness happened after that. That was a super sweet summer. But then I went to finish my senior year at Ohio State. And she went back to Baylor. Mm-hmm. So we did the long distance yeah. thing for quite a while before I was able to convince her to come up north. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have been married. It'll be two years. Two years in 2021, is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah. So it'll be like a year and a half in December. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then you have been here ever since then. Is that right? So we actually, crazy, Luke quit his corporate job the week we got married. And so from there, we went back to California where we met and we worked in California for three months, our very first three months of marriage. And then after that, we've, I mean, we've literally been all over the place, but we took a month and traveled and just camped from our car. We car camped for a month and traveled up and down the coast of California and made our way back to North Carolina. So, so we, we lived in the truck for that month. And then we were in oh, North goodness. Carolina working on my parents' farm for a couple months. And we've been in Cincinnati since last January. So it's coming up on a year now. But and yeah, that's about the time been, that we met you, right? That's right. Yeah, okay, exactly. Because you guys started coming to our church. Exactly. That's right. So when we moved back to Cincinnati, um, really excited to get plugged into church right yeah. away. And passion was honestly at the top of our list. Um, just we have multiple um, close, close friends right. who yeah. go to passion. Uh, I grew up going to rivers crossing here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went to Ohio state and never made it to passion until this January. Okay. Um, so once we went for the first time, we were immediately like, this is the place to be. This is yeah, so awesome. It's been oh, super sweet for well, us. and I know you guys have found a lot of community, which is great. And honestly, we'll get into your story because your adventurous spirit, I think is what Anytime that there's a young couple that is full of life and vibrant and always smiling, Becca, and uh, just full of, you know, adventure and excitement, people take notice for sure. And so in the short time that you guys have been alongside us, I know you've made a huge impact, but what, 
what made you decide? Because most times when couples get married, their first thing is that they get an apartment, they buy a dog and they put some roots down at least for a couple of years until they kind of figure out what's next. But I mean, you guys have yet to do that. So, and and you're not going to do that for a few more years. So what has kind of planted that, um, I don't know if it's an adventurous spirit in your heart or what has led you on a, on a nomadic <laughs> beginning yeah, of your marriage? Great question. That's good. Yeah. So honestly, people ask all the time, like, what was the thing that made you, you know, embark on this journey? And it's really interesting because I think when Luke and I met, we just had very kindred spirits. Like mm-hmm. we honestly can't even explain, but we just had like the same heart and the same desire to follow the Lord. Mm. So it's been really sweet because neither one of us has really had to like, pull the other along. We've just been kindred in the journey and like in our decisions. And so I think that's just it. Like the Lord completely worked on us individually when we Mm -hmm. were engaged. And so once we got engaged, we started talking like, what do we want to do? Where do we want to be? Who do we want to be? Like, how do we want to follow Jesus with our lives? Mm -hmm. And so we started having these serious conversations and praying about it. And it was just so sweet because the Holy Spirit worked in Luke individually and worked in me individually to the same end. And so it was so cool for the first time for us to not even be married and be like, you have the same Holy Spirit that I do. And so, I mean, it was through books and through conversations and just through scripture and church and sermons. And it was not one single thing. It was just like Mm. the Lord's constant pursuit of us. And then Mm. one day we turned to each other and was like, do you feel this? Like, do you feel this just desire to like serve with your life. And we were in a season where we were about to get married. We don't have kids. We don't have roots that we were like, gosh, we've already been told in scripture to go and to Mm -hmm. serve and to Mm -hmm. care for the least of these. So why don't we just do it? Like, why are we sitting here kind of waiting and praying? Like, should we go? Should we not go? We're like, we've been told to go. So we should just go. And it was just this like agreed upon kind of thing that we wanted to serve the Lord with our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just been really, really sweet to have a partner in doing that. I don't think Mm -hmm. I could do this if I were alone, but Luke's been such a great partner and we're really excited. So, so you're headed to Uganda. So tell, tell me a little bit about why that place, what has kind of tugged at your heart to go there and what that journey looks like. Absolutely. So for a little bit of initial context or reference, if any of the listeners have read the book Kisses from Katie, mm-hmm. it's her organization, Amazama Ministries, that we'll be going over to serve with. And again, like you said, it's in Jinja, Uganda. So mm-hmm. Becca and I will be specifically working with the secondary school, um, which is a high school. So for ages 12 to 18 and it's a boarding school. Students live on campus. Uh, Becca and I will have the role of family mentors. Okay. Which is so fun. Um, so, so funny because we've been married for one and a half years and I'm 23 years old <laughs> and we're about to have 16 children. That's right. <laughs> it's going to get real intense real fast. It will either in, be a very endearing experience oh. or <laughs> you revolting. Or we'll never want to have kids yeah. of our own. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we're, we're excited for what's ahead. It goes without saying. Um, 
Yeah, so our primary role will be to just love those 16 to 18 students and to disciple them. So whenever they're not at school, since it is a boarding school, Mm -hmm. um, we'll be with them. When they wake up in the morning, doing devotions, doing chores, getting off to breakfast, we'll lead the devotions and all those things. And likewise, after school for clubs and sports and homework and all all the parental roles. Um, we don't call ourselves house parents, which is a, a common term. Yep. Um, I was actually just going to ask, are you yeah. kind of like house parents? That's we are. Right. Yeah. So that, that's the exact role. And the only reason we change that language, the mm-hmm. ministry changes that language is because our goal, and we want to be really intentional about coming alongside parents mm-hmm. and not replacing mm-hmm. parents. So they'll actually call us uncle Luke and aunt Becca, which is yeah. really fun. Oh, that is. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll is be this school like a Christian school? It is. Okay. Yeah. So it's actually interesting. This is part of how we got connected. I grew up in North Carolina at a classical private Christian school, mm-hmm. and this school was actually modeled after my high school. And so it is a classical Christian school. They teach these kids like foundational principles of the gospel the first year they get there. Um, and so another really cool part of our job outside of discipleship, we obviously have that unique responsibility where our job mm-hmm. is literally to disciple these teenagers. Right. But another huge responsibility of ours is just to model a biblical marriage because these kids have mm. grown up a lot of them without a, a father figure. Mm. I think there's 250 kids at our school and there are roughly 10 involved dads out of wow. 250. Yeah. And so they've just never seen like a husband love a wife and like serve her and partner with her and likewise Mm. a wife serve and love and respect a husband and so just that dynamic that is biblical Mm -hmm. is a huge piece of what we're doing but it's really sweet just that scripture and the gospel is intertwined into everything that the school does and these Mm. kids have no concept of grace until they come to the school because just of their culture and so um yeah it is a christian school which i think really drew us to the ministry. Yeah, really high quality education in the Christian education and it being gospel centric is just so, so valuable to us. So what would motivate these parents then if that's culturally not their foundation to send their kids to this particular school? Yeah, so Amazma is incredibly unique. A lot of the secondary schools in Uganda are um, boarding schools where the students will live on campus Biasly speaking, the family mentor role is very distinguishing of um, the ministry because after school on normal boarding schools in Uganda, the kids kind of fend for themselves and they're okay. hanging out with their other teenage friends mm-hmm. and you you Getting can imagine how well right. that, that right. can go. So to mm-hmm. have the structure and the opportunity um, to be loved, to be discipled and to play on a sports team or to join different clubs is really valuable and fostering and creating passion in the students, yeah. which is really cool. And then it's also a really high quality education. So the traditional national education is predominantly rote memorization. They're just trying to memorize answers to pass the tests gotcha. um, and the the Christian education teaches you how to think and why yeah. you're believing what you believe it's really Love cool that. just to see even now the school's only been around for three years but just the Lord's hand mm-hmm. on our students and our students are doing so well in school mm-hmm. like we have seventh graders who are winning national Ugandan competitions because like debate. our oh. yeah like debate and spelling bees and different things because they're learning how to think mm-hmm. like and that they're critical truly, thinking piece. yes. That's and right. other mm-hmm. schools have come to the Amazma school to be like, what are you doing? Like these kids are incredible. And so 
you can tell a difference and yeah. it's really sweet to just see the Lord's hand and like the fruit coming out of mm. the Amazma school. That is so interesting. Our, our girls switch schools. Well, our oldest one did last year, but, um, our middle one switched this year and the school that they're at now is that is like the foundation is this piece of critical thinking. Mm. And for both of them, it was an adjustment as they came because they were just more, I mean, obviously when you're, when you're in a public school system, as great as the school system is, you're reaching a much larger group of kids with a variety, uh, I mean, a, a much broader totally. p- space between the the highest education and the, the more challenged. And for them, like that critical thinking piece has, it, there was an obstacle there, but now I can even hear them. Ex- I mean, I've, I can see the difference in their writing because they explain things differently because they're thinking critically. So that's so cool. That is very, very cool. So cool. It's, it's hilarious. So this is modeled exactly like Becca mentioned after the school that she grew up in, in North Carolina. So even down to the uniforms and some of the plaid at the Amazonas school. They wear my plaid. Like I used to have to wear a plaid jumper and these girls are wearing this. Is it like the blue and white? So funny. It's like, it has like dark, green like forest green okay. and navy yeah. oh my gosh I actually love my school so, so I'm I don't have like flashbacks to like I'm not terrorized by right. it I it's actually loved uniforms <laughs> yes it doesn't trigger me but it is kind of funny I'm like oh girl I had that same skirt that is so funny. <laughs> this is the the first podcast conversation of December and this month I want to be focusing on I mean obviously Jesus is the hope of the world and that is what we celebrate this month and but as you all are kind of preparing for a different probably headspace as you go into this holiday season what are you hoping personally to get out of this experience because it's a is it a two-year commitment is that right two year Mm -hmm. I think for me I'm so excited to have two years where like, honestly, all the noise is gone. Mm. Our whole role is to disciple the 16 kids in front of us. And that was like the model that Jesus set. Mm. And so I'm just excited to truly pour out every day and not have other things to worry about. Like that's our job. That's amazing. That truly our job is to do the work of Jesus. And so Mm. that's one thing. I think another thing that I'm really excited for is just, Uganda is so different. The culture is so mm-hmm. different. The spiritual realm there is so different. Just mm-hmm. like there's a lot of cultural um, Islam in Uganda and That's witchcraft right. is very prevalent in Uganda and just spiritual warfare is mm-hmm. very like visible mm-hmm. there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so just to know the God of the universe mm-hmm. and give these kids like the true and living hope. These kids come to our school and they have no worth. Like their heads are down. They don't look you in the Mm. eye. They've been told that they're not worth anything, especially women, especially Mm -hmm. these teenage girls. Mm -hmm. And so just to like offer them true and living hope that will far outlast the two years that we get to be there with them. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. It's just the biggest honor. So I'm really just humbled that we get to be a part of it and excited for how my faith is going to grow from seeing these Ugandans who are like so faithfully following Jesus Mm. in their culture and how, I mean, these young kids have taken care of siblings since they were Mm. five. And like, just, I'm so excited to learn from the people in Uganda and to see our God as the God of the world instead Mm -hmm. of just this God of America. Uh, And since it is so drastically different, 
from Mason and Loveland, Ohio and Uganda. Mm -hmm. One thing that I'm so excited about is to see how God's love is different and specific for Mm -hmm. the Ugandans and for that culture because God's love is specific like a parent. It's not a blanket love that's all the same, but it's it's specifically special for who he's loving and where that's at. So I'm excited to see God's love in a new way. And in turn, the other side of that, how the faithful Ugandans love him in ways that perhaps we don't. So how, how can we love the Lord better because of what we learn over there? Yeah. Yeah. I know that everyone who has these experiences, um, we have a, my sister-in-law was in Africa for seven years and I know you go into it knowing and believing, which it will be that you're going to pour into these kids and these teenagers and give so much of yourselves. But I know you'll come back saying this, this is the change that happened in me. We're going to learn so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. That's, that's really, really exciting. How do you mentally put your life on hold knowing that you're going somewhere temporarily for a couple of years? How do you mentally kind of prepare yourself to press pause on America? That's, such a good question. I've jokingly said the only thing we have to do to prepare is memorize the whole Bible. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> we're still working on that right now, though. It's a work in progress. Will that be ready by uh, yeah, January, right. February? That's yeah. right. We're running out of time. <laughs> um, but no, in in like a pragmatic sense, um, we are. We actually just got back from training a couple weeks ago to help us address this exact question. And one thing we learned um, is called the rock paper scissors method. Method. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the rocks would be, we, we were charged to identify like core rhythms and values and priorities in our lives that we could transfer mm-hmm. over to Uganda. So like, for example, like coffee and getting in the word in the morning, mm-hmm. like that's very transferable. That's yep. important, but we need to be intentional about protecting that and bringing that or even things just like working out, like bring, I'll bring my running shoes or things like that. Yeah. Um, so rocks are important because mm-hmm. um, that just helps us have more effective and healthy ministry. Um, The paper is kind of unique. I honestly didn't think a lot about this until the specific training, Um, but all the documents, even aside from the passports and insurances and all that stuff. um, But I didn't realize like how important papers would be like in the sense of like wedding photos and photos Mm, of family and Mm -hmm. important journals that would remind us of God's faithfulness or journals Mm -hmm. that we're writing in now or books that are really important to us. But that's just wisdom that they brought and charged us to think about ahead of time is like, what are these important papers that you need to bring Mm. over? And then lastly, scissors. Um, So believe it or not, we have a little bit of abundance here (laughs) and we can't bring it all over. So it's actually been really refreshing to cut out oh, just yeah. things we don't need and, and yeah. what are we going to take and what are we not? That is take. a great practice. Yeah. Right. I it's mean, you can do that like good. at the start of every year. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm muting a lot of my Instagram followers because some of them are like, you are great friends and I want to keep up with you and not like unfollow you. However, I don't want Instagram to be a temptation while I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like I do not want to be on my phone. And so right. I'm kind of, I'm muting a lot of people, especially though Luke was making fun of me because <laughs> I follow all these like Trader Joe's accounts See and like yeah. Target, like... <laughs> target things and obviously that's not like Amazon Prime accounts and all these really fun things and I'm having to unfollow them 
Uh-uh. Because it's just not going to be great right. for my heart if I'm like on Joanna Gaines's page. Yeah, I live in Africa and like don't right. even have a throw pillow. Yeah. Um, right. Or like, you know, so that's been really good. Let I alone mean, one that says gather. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That, <laughs> exactly. could, hey, that could be a rock. We could bring, we could bring the gather pillow. You could. So you could. funny. Yeah. So I, um, I have been cutting out a lot of things and it's good. I mean, even just getting rid of clothes of like, wow, I haven't worn this since sixth grade and it's time for it to go. And <laughs> So that has been good and hard, but I think really will just that we're starting to cut things out now will make the transition easier. Like I'm trying to cut my time online to yeah. whatever, 10 minutes a day so that when I'm over there, it's not going to seem like a huge deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. That is a great practice. I want to actually put that into my own life. I think that's a really good analogy. Yeah. I mean, there's also been a ton of spiritual preparation. That's right obviously as well. Those were kind of the practical things. I think spiritually it's been really sweet and really hard because we essentially said yes and had this two-year plan. We're going to be in Mm -hmm. Uganda for two years and we had no idea of what's after that. And so it's truly been like, okay, I'll sell my car and we don't have a house and we have no job when we get home. And like, we want to start a family, but who knows when that will be and Mm -hmm. all these things. And it's just truly been trusting that the Lord will provide the next step in his timing. And so it's been so sweet because we've already seen him do that. Like we've already seen just as we've had to release and surrender how he's already provided in such amazing ways. And so while we do not know what we're going to be doing when we get back um, necessarily, like we know the one who does. And so it's just already been really sweet to like be open-handed and Mm -hmm. to surrender that. And so... And there will be so many stones along your path of faithfulness where he's mm. been faithful that you'll be able to look back and say, all right, you were faithful here. Yes. That's right. You'll be faithful there. That's right. Exactly. So good. So good. Yeah. People listening, even if they don't know you, could tell that you guys are like a powerhouse couple. And I, I know that people, you guys are super sweet and humble and I can see your facial expressions right now, but I know that you've heard that before and I mean, I'm just assuming that I don't actually know that, but I'm just assuming that you've heard that before. So I'm going to put you both on the spot. Um, what was maybe a really memorable piece of advice you got as you got married? Cause you guys are, I mean, you, you're, you're still babies yeah, and, yeah. and new in your marriage and new in this kind of like adult adulting yeah. season of life. What was like That's a really good. good piece of advice that you got? So I'll say this, Becca and I went about marriage preparation also in an unorthodox way. Story of our lives. Yeah, we don't don't follow all rules. Um, So so we actually were intentional about getting counseling sessions, if you will, from a variety of couples. And Mm. whether they were a therapist or a counselor or not, just relationships that we looked up to. So this ranged from an aunt and an uncle to legitimate pastors to just friends who are our same age to friends who have been married about five years. Mm. And that was really valuable for us because we got like a range of advice and a range of perspective and kind of like college, like everyone's going to have a different experience. Same thing in marriage. Everyone's going to have a different experience. So if you put all your eggs in one basket, if you have a different basket, it's kind of, it's kind of not that valuable. Um, like as far as this, so I would advise to do that. If you're Mm. like looking at getting married or like Mm -hmm. seeking advice, just seek many counselors. Mm. I'm pretty sure the Bible says that. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere in there. Still Mm -hmm. memorizing that part. Uh, (laughs) You'll have it by January. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, but I mean, 
one of the one of the pieces of advice that was a motif kind of across the board was being quick to forgive um so yeah that's just so valuable and that that comes with like being able to look to the cross and to the perfect example of forgiveness so yeah that's good that's definitely been huge for us I think another thing is providing generous explanations for one another Mm. and so that looks like if Luke is maybe not responding and he's late for dinner and I have like worked really hard to prepare a meal and I'm not hearing back from him I can either choose to get bitter and upset and when he walks in the door accuse him and be Mm -hmm. like where were you Mm -hmm. or I can provide a generous explanation and in my head just be like maybe he was helping someone out or maybe his car broke down or maybe he was in a really important conversation with his brother or like just providing a more generous explanation Mm -hmm. and then still having the conversation and being like, Hey, what's up? Like, where were you? But my heart towards him is then different if I've, if I'm not accusatory from Mm -hmm. the start. And I think that's helpful because a lot of the time, he does have a good exam- like response and mm-hmm. he does have a good excuse for why he wasn't where he said he was going to be or whatever the situation is, but just not allowing yourself to become mm-hmm. like bitter and hateful before you have the conversation, I think good. has been really helpful. Becca is so generous. I'm so lucky. Oh gosh. <laughs> that is, that is a great piece of advice. We don't do as much premarital counseling now with couples as we used to, but that's something that Andy has always stressed with couples. And I remember reading in a book, this was actually a parenting book, um, and it was kind of like a grace-based parenting book. But I remember her illustration was really similar to that, where she had two kids, and they had been out playing in the woods or whatever, and they both came back like incredibly muddy and wet. And the mom just laid into both of them Mm. for being, because it was time to come in for dinner and then they needed to have a bath and they were just a mess. Well, come to find out that the youngest one had like dropped his bear in the creek. And then the oldest one got into the creek to help get the bear out. And so then when you hear the story of, exactly, but that was, that was her whole point was that she was judging the outcome yeah. before she knew the reason why right. they were wet and muddy. And, totally. and, and that's where Satan works too. It's just For like sure. making us turn against each other. That's like right. that's when he wins. And Absolutely. so for him, for you to already allow him to have a win before you even have the conversation, like yeah. that's what he wants. Yeah. We yeah. say a lot in our home that as much as there are moments where we feel like we are each other's enemies, mm. the enemy is the enemy. That's yeah, right. Exactly. And he is just using the circumstances that are surrounding us in that moment to try to pin us mm, against each other. And 21 years in and you're still going to be learning. So so what do you anticipate since you're going to be working with um, really a, real, a hard age of life? Because did you say middle school to high school? Yeah. Well, they're seventh to 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty okay. much. They're 12 to 18. Okay. So yeah. that's probably seventh grade to senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, and I know you can't predict the future, but what do you think will be the intentional impact that you want to have in those, those formational years for these so kids? Good. I think for me, just if we would somehow be able to communicate to these kids that Jesus is worth following, Mm. like that is my prayer for these Mm. kids that they would know that they're deeply loved by Christ Mm. and that he's worth following. Um, that's, I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that. We, so Amazma, yeah, I have the same exact desire. Mm. The only thing I'll add is Amazma means truth and Luganda 
And so we're just excited to bring the truth, the truth. of the gospel to oh, these kids. I love yeah. that. Because it's just so different from here. Like yeah. they, the, they've never heard the gospel before. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people in the States at least could tell you like the name Jesus or something about Christianity. These kids, like some of them have never heard. I mean, some mm-hmm. of them have grown up with cultural Christianity, but like haven't heard the gospel message. Yeah. And, um, just the way I think the main difference that we see in the kids is like the dramatic life change that has happened in some of these kids' lives is so crazy cool. And mm. to see them like they hear the gospel at the Amazma school and they decide to follow Jesus and then they go and like serve their families that's and right. their communities immediately. Mm. And that's what's different here yeah. in the States. Like it's for some reason you just don't see that as much. Like you yeah. don't see a 12 year old being like, sharing the gospel with his whole family right. immediately after he meets Jesus. And yeah. maybe it does happen, but like, it's just so cool to see how deeply this resonates because they don't have hope yeah. apart from Christ. Like they don't have the American dream or like they don't have these other things to kind of make themselves seem self-sufficient, mm-hmm. you know, like they have yeah. no sufficiency. And so it's just so cool. Um, that's our, that's our really one prayer that they would know Jesus and know that he's worth following. So good. I do love that. What inspired me to start this podcast is that there are so many promises that we have in scripture that we often either overlook or don't see because we're not looking for them or whatever the case may be. And I'm just curious either for both of you or for one of you, if there is a particular verse that has been really meaningful for you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so many good, good promises. Because you have the Bible memorized. So that's right. You should be right. able to like, Oh my goodness, I better be, be like able to come up with chart. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the one that I'll share first, this is kind of a popular one, but it's still so good. First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your spirit, soul, and body be blameless at the day of our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. The one who called you is faithful and he will do it. Mm-hmm. So like good. just so much good yeah. stuff in that. Like I love so much about that. Yeah. Promise. I love that mm-hmm. verse too. It's actually, I have it on the back of my Bible. So good. That's, sweet. Oh, yeah. that's, awesome. that's so good. I mean, especially like we are not equipped to do what we're about to do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just that promise of like, yeah. he's called us. We know mm-hmm. that the Lord has called us to what we're doing and he's faithful and he'll yeah. do it through us. Yeah. Like not that we are at all capable and we are well aware that yeah. we aren't, um, but just that he's faithful and he'll do it. That's um, what I love about that verse is that it gives you freedom right. because yes. it, he does the calling. You do the obeying obedience and then he carries it out. That's right. So yeah. good. It doesn't stop working. That's so good. Yeah. My promise that both of us really have been clinging to is Psalm 37, 23. And it says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And just that Luke and I in this season have just been delighting in the Lord Mm. and the Lord has established our steps. Like he's made our steps so firm, even though to the world, (laughs) they don't look firm. We are living with Luke's parents right now. I don't have a car. We don't really have real jobs. Like to the world, Mm. we don't look great on paper. Um, but we feel so secure That's right. and we feel like the ground beneath us is so firm because we know that we are being obedient and that's just what happens when you delight in him. And so that's been 
um, something we've really clung to. Yeah. Well, I am so excited for you guys. I'm excited to watch your journey. Are you, I know you don't want to be on your phone a lot while you're over there, but are you going to be like documenting it for all of us overseas to watch? I've been trying. I'm not great at Instagram, like posting. I'm way better at consuming, which is horrible. Um, (laughs) but I am trying to decrease my consuming Instagram self and increase my posting because I do want that to be a way that I'm connecting with my friends back in the States Mm -hmm. and with supporters. And so, yes, we'll definitely be on Instagram. That's awesome. Well, we're, I'm so grateful that we have gotten to do life with you all for just a short time, at least for now. And I'm just honored to be praying for y'all and for just um, encouraging you and championing you from this side of the world. Becky, thank you. That means so much. We've been so thankful for our time and our relationship with you and Andy. You have been lights and inspirations to us. Yeah, we love y'all. You're sweet. We'd love to see the next generation and next leaders that God is just raising up to do his work and to continue to build his kingdom. Um, Especially as you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're really talking this month about hope and he is, he is the hope. He is the light of the world. And that's what this whole season is to focus on. I asked two questions of all of my guests at the end of each podcast. And the first one is just a fun one. And because it's Christmas, I ask, what do you love? But specifically, what do you love about Christmas? Oh, so I love (laughs) Christmas. I love all the Christmas movies, but I'll say this is showing a little bit of eight wing eight here. Oh oh my gosh. I do love the family discussions that the holiday season and Christmas brings. Bring it agreeable or disagreeable. I love the family discussions. What what is your Enneagram number? It's seven. A seven, but you definitely wings eight. We'll oppose anything you say just Uh, for the heck of it. (laughs) Not not necessarily. Wow. That's interesting. I try to avoid those discussions like the plague. Yeah. Me too. I want the peace. Okay. (laughs) Funny that I just said that phrase because I just read a meme that said we can no longer say avoid it like the plague. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. That's hilarious. That's so <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't ever thought of that. I know. <gasps> so, wow. That is funny. And what do you love about Christmas, Becca? So this was like a non-negotiable when we got married. I was like, two questions. Do you like seafood and do you like white Christmas lights on your tree? Because if you like colored, I'm so sorry. And I know I'm offending probably that's some divisive. of your listeners. I know I'm probably being very that's divisive, right. but like white Christmas lights. My favorite thing about Christmas. Um, oh my gosh. Just, I love Christmas trees. Like the only time of year that we bring a tree outside to live inside our home with us. I just think it's so fun and love white Christmas lights. I mean, yeah, everywhere, like outside, everywhere, everywhere on your, yeah, just white Christmas lights. It's Mm -hmm. so beautiful. I agree. So yeah, I was like, if you like colored, I'm sorry, this isn't going to (laughs) work. Did you seriously have that discussion? I mean, was that really a a discussion? She brought it up early. (laughs) (laughs) And, and another part of that dialogue was she's big into real tree versus. Oh, real tree. Yeah. Yeah. So we did the real tree, but you have to have a real. Yeah. We did the real tree. Um, the first few years that we were married because Again, my husband grew up in the Pocono Mountains, so that was yeah. a family tradition yes. was that they would go. But that was the tradition. They would go to this massive tree farm mm. in the mountains right. yeah. and pick their own tree. Yeah. Well, it's a little bit different here. Yeah. See, but I'm from North Carolina. They're going to like the Boy Scout That's Troop right. 28 on the yeah. corner. But we do the same thing in North Carolina. So do I think you? Andy and I, yeah. Okay. We, yeah. North Carolina mountains grow Christmas yeah. trees. She, mm. Yeah. Hailing from the mountains and that whole experience is... It's a different story. Maybe that is what it is. And I like to have Christmas up 
for a much longer time period right. than a live tree would no, last. That makes sense. And so can you tell I'm feeling a little guilty? Because I, like, <laughs> I got my faux trees. <laughs> it's a fake tree standing right in front of me. It's beautiful. No, I love all trees. Yeah. I'm just saying I prefer the white lights and the real ones. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, and lastly, this is called the Let It Be podcast. And so if there were a prayer that each of you could have answered, what would it be? Mm. My prayer for this Christmas season is that there would be more new life found in Christ mm. this Christmas season than ever before. So good. That's and I think prayer. that's definitely going to happen. I Me think too. that Jesus will have the last word on um, this does. plagued 2020 yeah. year. Yeah, that's so good. That is, that's really good. That's so good. I know I've said this throughout this podcast, but I think just because this is what we're praying over our kids that mm-hmm. we're about to have, and it's just my prayer for all the listeners, is that Jesus is worth following. I think that sometimes he's portrayed or Christians are portrayed as like not fun or not adventurous or just like hypocritical. And while those things can be true, like life with him is so much fun Mm. and he's so worth following. Like he's just worth it all. And so Mm. I think that's, that would be my prayer for listeners. I love that, that more people would find him and then follow him. Yeah. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Well, you guys, this was so much fun. We could keep talking for, well, we do. We, we, every time <laughs> we y'all do. are here, we're like, you can, can you come over for whatever? And then you're here for the evening, That's right. um, which is fun. And we just love you. And like I said, I'm so excited to see all that God does in you and through you and that he will just carry out his promise that his faithful call on your lives will come to be. Thank you so Thank much, you so Becky. Much. Thanks for having us. You're yeah. welcome. And you guys, thanks for being our friends. Oh, yeah. of thanks course. Thank ours. you for being ours. As we enter yet another month this year, the month of December, my prayer is that each of my conversations with guests will bring an element of hope to you. After all, Jesus is the hope of the world. He is the light that we celebrate this Christmas season. I love the prayers that Luke and Becca echoed, that more than ever, more people would not only find Jesus, but choose to follow him this Christmas. In Deuteronomy 4.29, it says, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. And Ephesians 5.8, it says, For one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You can stay up to date with Luke and Becca on all the social media platforms and follow them along as they begin their ministry in Uganda. And to stay up to date with me and the Let It Be podcast, follow me at Becky Ziegenfuss. That's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. It's December, and now officially I can say Merry Christmas. And thanks for being part of the Let It Be podcast.